Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My guest today is Lena Elizer. She is a creative human who does a lot with that creativity. Welcome, Lena. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, so can you start out by telling us more about what you do with your creativity, how you use it in your work? Just, just talk to us, please. Yeah. So currently, my creativity, a large portion of it, goes to uh, brand design for solopreneurs, mostly women who are doing something really great to change the world. I've got um, a lot of clients uh, who are working with other women to help them and, you know, get move forward in business. Or uh, I had a, a book club for women last month that was just, it was called the Badass Women's Book Club. So you can imagine how cool they awesome. were. Yeah. So I help these guys, I help them build brands and websites and then the collateral that goes along with all that. So just your business cards and social media templates and everything that's the face of your brand basically. So that's, that's where a lot of my creativity goes. Um, and some of it goes into art and some of it goes into Etsy shops, but primarily to solopreneur women right now. Okay, wait, let's talk about your art and your Etsy shops. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of a new thing. Um, I've been a brand designer for a while. I've been a graphic designer for, what year is it? A decade-ish. Um, and then the, people think designers get to do like this cool creative stuff all day long, and we don't necessarily. Like a lot of our days is just, picking out fonts and things. <laughs> so it's not really as artistic and creative as you might think. And so I guess this year I really felt like I needed to slow down and get some more, uh, get my hands dirty and get a little more creativity flowing. And so I've started um, a daily creative practice where I'm doing my own art. And that led into um, an Etsy shop called Flower and Wild Paper Co which uh, is where I share that art. So that's kind of my, I don't want to say side hustle, but that's kind of like my second gig right now. <laughs> so I was poking through Instagram earlier today and I saw a unicorn. That is, yes. <laughs> okay. And so what's his name? Uh, oh gosh. Crap. Cedric. Cedric. Okay. Cedric the excessively optimistic unicorn. Okay. I think I love him. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I have Cedric and I also have uh, Penelope. Penelope is in the Etsy shop and uh, she's just kind of a beautiful weirdo. Is so. she a unicorn too? She is not a unicorn, but she's wearing, uh, she's dressed up as a bug. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. I look forward to meeting, <laughs> getting to know these two a lot more. <laughs> I, yeah. They're, they're kind of my creative outlet. This is, I, I like the hashtag. This is how I'm handling 2018. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing is 
creating optimistic unicorns. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so <laughs> so you're working with these world changing women. Yeah, you're making unicorns <laughs> and <laughs> handling 2018. How did you get here? Like when you grew, were a kid, is this what you dreamed of doing? You know, I think it was. I rem- like I have a really early memory of sitting in the floor with this little step stool and some pink construction paper, d- just drawing. Like some of my favorite early memories were just drawing and creating and reading. And, and then, um, and then as a lot of us do, I decided to go on a really windy path to end up right back where I started. And so I have been, um, let's see, I've been an accountant. I've been a, a log home contractor. I have been a home services company owner. I was a security guard briefly. Um, I have a degree in software programming. So I, at some point in time, I thought I was a huge nerd, which you can clearly tell that <laughs> fell away. <laughs> so um, it's been a windy path, but a lot of it has been entrepreneurship. So I've owned a lot of different businesses. I've done a lot of like, just anything I needed to, to get by. I've cleaned houses. I've walked dogs. I've done just about anything like side hustle wise. Um, so I think that kind of led me back here. Like somewhere in 2009, I realized or remembered how creative I used to be and how artistic I used to be. And, and something in the back of my mind was like, we need to get back there. Let's, let's start doing that again. And that's where the first graphic design business came in. And that was named Licentia Designs. And then just over the last decade-ish, it's, um, it's refined down to where I am now because I realized that a lot of solopreneurs have trouble finding somebody like me who can handle uh, the website aspect as well as the logo, as well as your business card without treating you like you're a corporation. So that's like a big thing is because I'm, I'm very much just kind of one-on-one with my clients. I love to help people build their businesses. And so, yeah, just kind of a roundabout, like I owned a lot of businesses, I designed a lot, and then it just sort of narrowed down to where I'm at right now. And who knows where I'll be in a year. (laughs) So all that time I'm thinking like, as you're an accountant, I was a really bad accountant, by the way. Okay. So don't think I was a good accountant. (laughs) What drew you to accounting? (laughs) Nothing. I just, it was one of the, (laughs) I think when you're an entrepreneur, every now and then an office job looks like a good idea. And I had a friend that worked at this small business and she said, Hey, we've got an opening and I think you could do it. So come up here. And it was, it was bad. None of it was good. I think that's a, that's a really good point. That when you're an entrepreneur, every once in a while, an office job. It just sounds good. easier, right? Sometimes yeah. you're just like, let's just go in and do our thing and then leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. As an entrepreneur, you're kind of like always working in, in, in a sense, to outsiders, never working. Yeah. And yeah. you're like always on. And then there's this whole concept of like, you could do things before work and then go to work and you don't work that hard. And then you leave work and then in the weekends there's no working. And then yeah. there's this vacation thing where you get, you're still getting paid. 
I think it's this foreign idea for us. It is. And sometimes the temptation gets to you, but I've been able to avoid it for a long time now. I've, I've accepted my fate. Like this is just, I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> There's no arguing. I'm with you on that. I don't, I couldn't handle, I just couldn't handle that, not being on my own. Yeah. Yep. Solidarity. <laughs> okay. So did you feel, how did it feel as such a creative person? How did it feel to do things? Well, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me finish the question. How did it feel to do things that weren't using your creativity? But were you using your creativity in those parts of your life? I don't, I don't think I was. I mean, there were times that I would try to do something or, you know, I would, I would feel a little more creative. I, I did a lot of DIY stuff and I love to, you know, decorate the house and, and there was, things that I enjoyed doing that were creative, but there was a long, long, long chunk of time where I did not pick up a pencil. I did not draw. I did not write. And I think I just forgot a lot about myself. Like I literally, it feels like for, you know, another decade before this decade, sort of just forgot who I was. And this last probably four or five years. And just to be totally transparent, I got divorced in 2014. And I feel like since then, it's been kind of a journey to going, oh, okay, that's who you are. That's really cool. You can draw. Like, <laughs> like just, you know, just realizing, remembering who I am again, and kind of remembering my intuition, remembering my creativity and all that stuff I had squashed down. Yeah, it didn't feel good. I'll tell you that, but I didn't realize it at the time. So, did you did you realize as you were growing up? Did you realize the masks that you were slowly putting on? Probably not. Um, I think I was pretty self aware as a as a teenager and like a young adult, because um, there were times you know how like teenagers go through different phases and like you might be goth for a year or something. So I went through that, but I knew at the time that it was a phase. Like I knew I wasn't, you know, going to be wearing Jinkos and um, excessively heavy makeup for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. It was just a, a thing at the time. But I think there was a lot of deeper masks that I was wearing that I didn't realize. Um, like I went through an eating disorder and that usually is kind of just one straight up mask that you've got. Um, so yeah, I don't think I realized really until they started coming off. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So did you consciously take them off? After a while I did. I, I think I'm one of those people that just sort of obsessively needs to know everything about myself. And I just, I'm, I'm, I I like to say I'm a personal development junkie, but it's really just, I don't know. I just really need to know everything about me and what makes me tick and what I'm doing here. And so I think I didn't know that at first. I just was really drawn to these things that were introspective and realizing who you were. And I think after a while I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I have been wearing some masks and I've been this and that. And then I started to intentionally take them off Um, But I don't think it started that way. So when you work with your clients, um, are they all standing in their authentic truth? Can you tell? Mm, 
yeah, I can tell. <laughs> um, I'd say a lot of them are. I, I've definitely, and that, that actually can get a little tricky because um, one thing I had to learn about myself is that I have a very intuitive process. And so when I work with my clients, it's very much picking up things they aren't saying and kind of their vibe. And, and I'm, it, it still feels a little weird to say this, but I'm highly sensitive and I'm very empathic. And so I am picking up stuff from people when I'm working with them and you can, I can feel it when there's a disconnect and I might try to guide them to, you know, a little bit more authenticity, but you can't, you know, you can't make someone. <laughs> right. You can't authentic. rip the mask off for them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So let's talk more about that. How, how do you navigate this space as an empath and an intuitive? Could you be more specific? Like which space? This, well, let's start out with this world because like, <laughs> it is all unicorns. I thought we covered that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. So like just to define an empath, it tends to feel other people's energy. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of humans in this world. There are a lot of wonderful humans. There are a lot of humans that have a lot of anger and just energy that doesn't feel so good Yeah. to us. How do you, how do you stay in your energy? Or come back to it. That has been, I don't want to say hard fought, but that has been a long lesson (laughs) that I think I'm finally just now getting better at. And so I think that probably looks different for everybody. But for me, the creativity has been a big part of it. Tapping back into that and making time for the things that fill me back up. Um, because I do get drained really easily. I've burned out pretty badly in the past. Um, I mean, to be honest, even this week uh, with everything, the full moon, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of energy. And so I've been kind of off kilter this week, but it's, it's for me, it's pulling back. It's having a good morning routine. I meditate. I do yoga in the morning. I do morning pages, which is free writing. Um, and I have a creative challenge that I do every morning before I start client work. So another side of that is I'm really driven and very much kind of a perfectionist. And I, and that whole entrepreneur thing is you feel like you should be working on your business all the time. And so it has been hard to realize that to bring what I need to, to my clients and to my projects, I actually have to step back and slow down and step away and fill myself back up. Um, But I think that's made the biggest difference in the world for me. So a lot of people are wary of morning routines because they're like, I don't have that much time in the morning. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) But if I don't do it, it, if I don't do it, my day sucks, (laughs) frankly. Can you, are you at the point where like there's, no reason you wouldn't ever do it? I would like to think so. And and I've done, like, there's been times in the past that I've tried to start a morning routine and have failed it after a few months or 
And I think what I've realized is I wasn't working with what works best for me. I was just doing what everybody else said worked for them. And so I tried the, you know, get up at 5 a.m. and do a high intensity workout first thing in the morning and all this stuff. That doesn't work for me. That will actually burn me out faster. And so when I really stepped back and said, what is it that makes me feel good in the morning? What, what do I actually need? That's when it started to stick. And so now I do like a short yoga practice and it's not high intensity and it's just, you know, some vinyasas and moving through like breathing and things like that. And, and that's something I feel like I have to have now in the morning to really get up and get moving and the same thing with morning pages. So I think it's really now that I've figured out what I actually need, I feel like it's something it may not be as long as I'm able to do it right now because I do have a fairly long routine now, but I feel like there will always be some aspect of it. Yeah. Mine is so, so strongly a non-negotiable that I can't compute not doing it. Yeah. Yeah, like when you realize what a difference that makes in your day and how you feel when you don't get that in, then it's almost silly not to do it. Like it, it kind of has to be the first priority. Otherwise, what's the point of the other stuff you're doing? Because <laughs> yeah. you're not going to do it as well, or at least yeah. I'm not. Yeah. If I want to be aligned, if I want to be me yep. for a day, this is how my day starts. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I can't imagine going straight into other people's energy right off the bat. (laughs) And I do that. So here's the thing that I do fall out of and that I'm working on getting better at is I don't want to look at my phone and I don't want to look at my email and I don't want that input first thing in the morning. But then there's also times where I'm like, but I really want to look at my phone and I really want to check my email. And so I do slip up sometimes. And when I do, I just kind of, it's like a bleh feeling. Yeah, it feels super icky, right? Yes, yes, because it is other people's energy just like hitting you in the face first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something I'm still working on. That's that's me and my phone are having an ongoing sort of battle <laughs> right now. I think that's true for everyone <laughs> yeah. right now, or most people. I know I actually use my phone as an alarm, so I pick it up first if if it's an alarm morning. It's the first thing I pick up mm-hmm. after I like, no, it's the first thing I pick up because I'm turning the alarm off. So my husband and dog can keep sleeping. <laughs> um, yeah. And then it's in my hand and I'll often use it for guided meditations. Yeah. Yeah. And I've gotten to the point, like I'll sometimes check Instagram but I'll only look at pictures. Like I just don't, I, I don't let myself read any words. Yep. And then I'll open my email sometimes. And sometimes I like, this freaks me out when I do it automatically. And I'm like, why am I looking at this? Yes. Like, I don't want to be here. So I close it quickly. Like, <laughs> like I've, done that done that too. <laughs> I've done that too. Yeah. Our phones are such a funny relationship, but they are. I give myself credit with, I'm aware I'm aware that I have a problem. You know, that's a good point because I see a lot of people around me and and just in general that I don't know are aware and, and like you see them missing things and not, not even realizing they're missing them. And I, I'll, I'll think about it sometimes and, and it gets a little trippy because I'm like, we are literally a lot of us 
missing what's actually happening in front of us because we are scrolling through a list of things people we may not even like that much are saying. Yes. Like, why? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> yes. And people we, in some cases, may not even know. Yeah. And yeah. what they're doing, but it's also not necessarily what they're doing. It's just what they want people to think they're doing. Yeah. Or just their random opinion on something or what bad thing happened to them today. Yeah. And it's, yeah, when I step back and think about it, I really, I get a little, little head trippy about it. <laughs> so I'm like, what are, what is 2018? Why are we here? <laughs> yeah. I've heard, I've heard the whole phone and the whole social media thing called, I mean, it's an experiment, right? But there's no control group. <laughs> yeah. So we have no idea how this is going to end up. It's just an experiment that got wildly out of control. Yeah, it is wildly out of control. And then it there is. are those of us, I know as an entrepreneur, I'm like, but I need my phone. Like my phone is basically my business. Yes. And I've tried, that's, that's a thing that I'm, I know there's some boundaries there that I'm still working out because like I deleted the Facebook app at the beginning of this week, actually, again, <laughs> for probably the 15th time. <laughs> so I deleted the app. And then not two days later, I had to jump on a call with somebody. And the only way for us to jump on the call was for me to reinstall the Facebook app for, for some reason. I can't remember the app we were using. But it just it kind of frustrates me because I'm like, there's got to be a line somewhere that can I, I should be able to step away from it completely. But, but I can't apparently. <laughs> so yeah, it's tricky. This is a lot of stuff that I think a lot of us haven't had to deal with and we're, we're wading through and trying to figure it out. Yeah. We're all making it up as we go along. I can't imagine being a kid and I know. navigating this. I'm so thankful. I'm not, I don't know how old you are and I won't guess, but I'm so thankful that we didn't have Facebook until I was a, you know, an adult really. Yeah. I, we kind of had a cell phone when I was a teenager, but it wasn't really even a functional <laughs> cell phone. It was, you could use it if you had an emergency, mm -hmm. but I'm thankful that I got to grow up without that. Cause I couldn't imagine. I can't imagine kind of like that responsibility to always be connected. Yeah. 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 Even like my parents that. always knowing where I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Freedom. It's yeah. a big value of mine. It is me too. It is. It's, I think, my top one. No, it's my second one. They're written on the wall over here. What are your others? Uh, so leisure, freedom, expansion, and belonging are my, are my big core values. Okay. So we share a lot of people don't have, I say expansiveness. Okay. But freedom, expansiveness, um, adventure. Ah, connection. Oh, I like it. That kind of, that, that may be kind of like my belonging. Yeah. Connection. So, so what does belonging mean to you? I think it's just that. I think, I think I've always felt, we, we've, we talked a little bit about me feeling like an outsider before we jumped on the, on the air here, but I think I've always felt a little bit like an outsider because I am highly sensitive and empathic. And I didn't even have those words for that at the, you know, until oh, yeah. what, just the last few years, really. Um, but I think that's it. I think I've, I, 
haven't always necessarily felt like I belonged in certain groups or in certain areas. And so for me, it is that genuine connection with people and feeling, um, yeah, connection and, and just belonging with people. What is connection? What does it feel like for you? Hmm. I guess being heard almost. I think because I'm very, I'm definitely a listener and I'm definitely, I have a lot of people come to me. And so I think connection is feeling like there's a give and take and that I'm also being heard and that we are connecting on a human level, on like a basic level. Yeah. For me, connection is an actual exchange of energy between the people. I, I, I have a really strong vision of what it is like actual yeah. electricity passing between people. Oh, nice. So, okay. Let's get a little woo woo. <laughs> no, let's go. So, so you said you have a pretty good vision as far as that goes. I, my, um, empathy, I guess has, it's always very sentient. So like I feel, I cannot explain things. I don't know how I know things, but I feel things. Mm-hmm. My vision, the vision, like I don't, I don't really see things. I don't really get a clear vision. I don't really hear things, but I feel things. And I feel like that's so hard to describe. <laughs> to it, okay. So, so do you feel it like, like temperature wise? Or I wouldn't even say that it's almost just like a, a deep knowing mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. It makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to make sense to a lot of people. listening. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I've, and I've, I've always kind of envied people that had more of a visual or, you know, auditory aspect to their intuition. Um, that, yeah. I always thought that was interesting. Mine likes to surprise me. I have a little bit of all of it, but I think most common is like these random pictures. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I always thought it was super ironic that I was a creative and a designer and... I've always struggled with like actually picturing things, even when I'm, uh, when I talk to clients and this is so weird, I don't even understand this. When I talk to clients and we have like our strategy call at the beginning of a project, I will get a feeling of how their project is going to look of what their, you know, their logo, their brand, their website. But if you asked me to describe that to you, there's no way I could do it because it's not, it's not really a clear mental image. It's a feeling that I kind of have to create myself. I get that so much. I feel like I don't, I don't know if this is true, but it makes me wonder if intuition is just really hard to describe anything that we get at that like deep knowing level. Yeah. It's kind of like it has to settle and shape itself. Like I know it, I got it, but for me to share it with somebody else, yeah. It's going to take some, some time. Yeah. And I guess maybe at its core, maybe that's kind of the point of intuition. I mean, cause it is a deep knowing. So <laughs> I guess it, it's, it's either, you know it or you don't. <laughs> yeah. I guess. That's how it is for me. Like I've had, I mean, that's how I like price my services and stuff too, is like a number comes to me or it doesn't. And when yeah. it doesn't, I'm like, I got nothing. I love that. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I love that. 
I, that's something I'm learning to trust a lot more because I think I tried to do, um, I tried to do the, the more, I guess I would say masculine. That's not even the word I'm looking for. I, I tried to be, not be in my intuition. Like I, I tried to ignore and kind of squash down all of that for a long time. And I was in fields where it's not particularly uh, admired <laughs> to trust your intuition. And so I'm still working on, um, I've gotten a lot better now, but I'm still working on trusting it in business and even, you know, letting that guide me instead of feeling like you have to do the five steps that this person over here says you have to do, but really finding that for yourself. That's something I like to help women with and help women realize is I feel like we haven't had a lot of females in this or feminine energy in the entrepreneurial world up until recently. And so I feel like a lot of us came into this world watching and emulating men and that's fine, but there's things that we can tap into and, and should be able to access that we haven't gotten to see people do. Like we don't get to see a lot of people follow their intuition in a six figure business or in a, in a big business in an open way. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's something I think we're going to see a lot more of. We're definitely moving more into that feminine, but you know, we've been put pushed down for generations for those skills and those innate abilities. And so it's, it's taken a while for it to come back out and for us to be okay with that. Yeah. I, I know in my experience, when I started my business, like I never, hmm, I guess I did have a deep knowing that I'd be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know it mm -hmm. until I got here. <laughs> and, um, so when I started my business, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so of course, yeah, I did. I did everything I was supposed to do. Yeah. And then I think it was a year later, I just like step by step undid all of it. Yeah. And then just started going intuitively. Yeah. Yeah. And all I think a lot of people don't reach that point, which makes me sad, but I, I think we all kind of start out following the checklist and mm -hmm. then hopefully you realize at some point you don't necessarily have to do that. Yeah. And for me, I'm not a rule follower. Mm. That's just not how I roll. So it really, it just didn't fly for me. I was like, I should do this and should do this and should do this. And the thing is, shoulds are shitty. Yeah. Shoulds Agreed. are a big red flag. I was just thinking this morning even that I need to go back through. And I feel pretty good about, you know, kind of the, business that I'm running right now and how I'm running it and how I'm doing things. But I still this morning was like, I just need to go through and look at everything I'm doing and say, do I really need to be doing this? Or am I just doing it because I started <laughs> like, it, you know, even down to blogging and how I'm interacting on social. Yeah. I just kind of, I, I guess I'm kind of the same way. I just want to question everything and make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons. Mm. I don't, I don't like doing things just because someone told me to. Oh, I mean, no. <laughs> I, uh, my word or phrase actually for 2018 is on purpose. Mm. So I want to do everything I'm doing. I want it to be with intention. Yeah. Which is like awesome. That. And it's also, it's interesting because it, it means that I'm all in on everything I do. 
which is how I want to show up. Mm-hmm. And it can feel it can, it can feel draining if I try and extend myself too far. Right. Yeah. That you all, in, all in on everything. I mean, yeah. you're going to burn out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But all in doesn't necessarily mean pushing. It just means being present. Right. And intentional. Right. Okay. So I want to talk more about branding. Let's get into the business side and we're probably going to stray a little bit again. (laughs) Um, But as you're working with these solopreneurs, um, well, what's, what are your tips? I guess let's get the tips out there. So there's a few things that I see a lot that I guess, I guess would be my tips. I guess I see people make a few pretty common mistakes. And so like one of those is going into your branding thinking it should be everything you like. And that's not really the point. I mean, I like blue. Blue is my favorite color. That doesn't mean it needs to be in my branding. So I think people forget when they're, especially as a solopreneur, because there's this balance where you're branding yourself. So you have to represent who you are authentically but you have to do that in a way that it's attracting the people that will benefit from working with you and that you want to work with. And so I think my biggest tip would be don't go into it just thinking you need to represent the things you like and the, the colors you like. And, and cause that's not really how that works. You're representing who you are, not what you like. Mm. So I help people pick out um, brand words. So words that have an emotional and a visual aspect to them. So maybe you are really bold. Maybe you're uh, more like quiet and reserved and and sophisticated. Um, That's the type of thing you want to bring out in your branding, not the fact that you like turtles and you're blue. You're not blue, but you like the color blue. (laughs) So, I mean, that would be probably my first tip. Um, is, is to focus on your personality and not your likes in your branding. And then I, I forgot where I was going with the second tip. So you'll have to give me a second. <laughs> yeah, well, so I'm going to ask you a question instead. Yeah, go ahead. What is, what does branding mean to you? What does it mean to me? Um, so I think to me, your brand and your branding is any interaction you are having with a potential client. So, I mean, it's such a vague and like big thing. Um, I think your branding is everything from how you speak to your client on the phone, to your logo, to the emails that you're sending out and the vibe that those have, I guess, in, in really in its core branding to me would be that kind of vibe that you're putting out. Um, cause it's the whole goal of any branding or any marketing is to create an emotion in the person that's seeing it. If you're not creating an emotion, they have no motivation to work with you. They have no motivation to buy from you. So they need to feel like, whether they realize it or not, whether you realize it or not, the goal is to make someone feel like they want to work with you. And so that's something a lot of people overlook is the actual emotions of it. 
in fact, I didn't, I think I overlooked it for a long time <laughs> and then suddenly realized that that's what we're doing. That's the whole goal. Everything is just an interaction. Everything is just an exchange of energy and emotions. Yeah. So how do we use color, for instance, um, to evoke emotions? So there's just an entire world of color psychology out there. Um, and I think a lot of it is intuitive. I think we kind of know what colors, like you, a lot of it is the color. A lot of it is the, is the intensity. So like the saturation and the hue. And so like, if you thought about um, a daycare, you're probably not going to be branding a daycare with like dark, sultry, you know, <laughs> dramatic colors. Cause it's going to be weird. There's going to be a huge disconnect there. And so I think, I think if we could listen to our guts on that stuff, like you can look at something and tell that it feels in line with what it is, or it feels disconnected from what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And maybe just hire a good branding designer that knows how to use color. <laughs> Cause I think it's, it's, it's a lot more complicated than just picking the right colors. I think there's a lot more energy behind it. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And um, the color behind me, a friend of mine calls it, what she call it? Mustard gold. <laughs> Mustard was the first word that came to mind. <laughs> yeah, it's got to go. It's definitely not one of my brand so colors. It doesn't represent you well. Huh? No, no, it doesn't at all. <laughs> but that's what I'm working with right now. Okay. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Lena, what else, what haven't we covered yet that you need to share with the world? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like we've covered a lot. We have. <laughs> we have. We got way off course and then came back. And that's where the gold is. I love it. Course. I love it. Um, I mean, I would share that I do. If, if, if your branding feels like it's disconnected, I do have, I have a little free challenge on my site that you can go through. It's a 10 day video course with really quick, simple tasks. Um, to help you kind of pick out those brand words and start to think about them from an emotional standpoint and not just, uh, you know, I like blue and I do coaching. So it helps you start from a a standpoint of, of how you want your client to feel and kind of how to represent who you are. Um, And that's one way that I can help people. I love it. And we'll include the link to that in the show notes. Awesome. How else can people learn about you? My website is really the best place. Um, that's leanalizer.com. And that's, um, I have a blog there. I write a lot for, I've gotten a, off into a kind of the deeper end of, of the blog. I used to write mostly strategy and how to, and you know, more, more of that type of thing. And lately I've been writing a lot of, let's talk about our morning routines and let's, you know, I, I want to get a little deeper with people because I think, I think your brand starts deeper than just the colors. I think it's, it's who you are in business and how you show up. Um, so I write a lot about that. And then um, I'm on Instagram at Haylena designs. Uh, so that's probably the second best place I've been trying to avoid Facebook 
in this ongoing battle I've had with my phone. <laughs> but, but I still like Instagram. It's such a pretty platform. It is. I always think of, I think of Instagram as a playground. It is. It is. It's, I, it feels like the safe social media to me still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. We will include all of those links in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been a joy. It's been really nice chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group, Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.